Smartcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Missing the Point, and we are talking about the Boston Celtics. Uh, This show is Missing the Point, brought to you by Ray and Dave. But from now on, henceforth, until something changes, this is now the 82-0 show. Um, We, until such time as there is is a change to that O uh, once the season starts, which I don't see happening. I don't see it. Uh, I'll be honest, Ray, I don't know. I don't see us losing the game. I looked at our schedule. And I think we're going to win all of them. I, that's just how I feel generally as a, as a, as a sports opinion talking head. No, as, as we should. Um, <laughs> I, I want this to do well in the regular season, but obviously the, the goal was hosting that Larry, hosting that Larry, Larry O'Brien trophy at the end. Uh, yes. So that's really, that's really all we care about at this moment. But yes, I, I definitely want an enjoyable uh, regular season. And once again, not not obliged to see me 2-0. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I'm, yeah, but like I said, we, we talked about this off the air. But yeah, I we we... Are, are extremely excited um, as we should be. Um, there's a lot of stuff to talk about going into this new season. Yes, I'm very excited to talk about all of it. I think I have it in my head that like, for instance, Brad Stevens was talking about, you know, this this could be lip service. This is like kind of what all GMs say, but he was talking about how the energy in the, in the Auerbach Center when he's gotten all the guys back in has been noticeably improved and everybody seems to have gotten a little bit better. Now, if that's true of the Jalen Browns and Jason Tatum's of the world, we're in for a very exciting season because I still think that these guys have have room to grow and they're already the best wing pair in the league. Um, but I I do like it when the the officials and 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 the people in charge of the organization come out with with stuff like that because it to me like I don't think you just say that. I think that you actually notice something when you're in the room. And we needed a change. I mean, this is this is something that Celtic fans were saying without actually saying in, like the quiet part out loud. We needed a change in the leadership. We yep. we uh, like we, we went down to the Miami, uh, Miami Heat team that we were a lot better than, and like on paper, talent wise, uh, I think I don't think anybody would disagree with that. Uh, maybe some Miami Heat fans, but we went down to a team that we lost the mentality battle to uh, last last season. And I think what needed to happen is that the leadership needed to fully finally go to to Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown as the two best players on the team. And I think that's what's happened here. That's now their team. You have other guys that show leadership potential coming in with Porzingis, uh, Drew Holiday, especially um, Drew Holiday, especially on the defensive side of the ball. But this is this is now their team. And it's 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 sink or swim with them. We have a lot to talk about. We have a lot to get through because. Obviously, the Drew Holiday signing is the biggest thing that's happened uh, in Boston since the Kristaps Porzingis signing, I guess, which we also did a show about. But, you know, we'll talk about everything here. Um, I I see the collective energies and attention of the Boston sports community starting to shift now coming into October after that shellacking that the New England Patriots received on, right, on the right. other end of the uh, Dallas Cowboys. I think, I think everybody's like, well... At least we've got the Celtics. Uh, the power rankings of the uh, four Boston sports teams are probably Celtics one, Bruins two. Would you say Red Sox dead last? They won seventy eight games this year. I mean, I you know I don't know oh, what. The... Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's probably tied three four right now. Sure. With Red Sox, players, sure. Which is crazy, but, it, yeah, but, so, yeah. but essentially, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the Bruins being in flux, um, in in sort of a in a sort of a strange. Yeah, they they made a run, but uh, where are they going to go? Basically, everybody's like the Boston Celtics are the best team we have in Boston right now. So right. we're here to talk about them. 
I'm going to read you off a list that you actually sent me. Thank you for doing all the prep work for this show uh, of additions and and subtractions in the personnel of this squad. And then we're going to get we're going to get into it. So well, obviously we had a Drew Holiday, Chris Tapps, Porzingis, Sam Cassell. You put it as an addition uh, mm-hmm. as a, in the coaching staff uh, in the coaches room, which I think is extremely important. And I think we should discuss that. Charles Lee, O'Shea Brissett, Jordan Walsh, Delano Banton. We lost Marcus Smart. We lost Malcolm Brogdon. He apparently was not super thrilled with us anyway. It didn't seem like a good situation anymore. I'm not sure the extent of that, but the rumors were not not pleased to be included in trade talks. Well, I'm sorry, Malcolm, but you got to stay healthy if you want to, you know, not be shopped around. Um, Robert Williams, we'll talk about losing him. Grant Williams, I'm happy to talk about losing him any t- chance I get. Mike Muscala, I thought he was going to do more. He didn't do shit, so it is what it is. And of course, Blake Griffin, who I actually wouldn't be surprised if we saw resign um, on on yeah, some I'm, sort of two way two way contract or, or or veteran minimum contract or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Last year, uh, I think we had this myth of a backcourt, and this is where I really want to get started with you. I think we had this myth that we had the best defensive backcourt in all of basketball. Now, in the regular season, that st- statistics could back that up. You know, potentially at at, at any given time. Um, the players we had on paper, I think, looked like we should have the best defensive backcourt. But I think that they started to sort of believe their own myth a little bit. And I now look at our backcourt and I think, I don't know, maybe it's not defensive player of the year, Marcus Smart, but it's certainly it's certainly tenacious. Uh, Drew Holiday, I, I've made no secret of and on this podcast, is my favorite guard in the league. I can't actually believe we got him. It's like, I feel like it's a fever dream. I love watching him play defensively, especially... Do you think that we're going to have a better group of defending guards this season than we did last season? If not in the regular season with overall defensive numbers, because I think we're going to be playing a very offensive game, at least when it counts in the playoffs. Yeah, I think because we're not going to see Drew take the gambles that Marcus took at times. Um, but Different kind gamb- of defender. Yeah, exactly. Taking the gambles is what made Marcus Marcus. So I... Yeah. I I don't want to take away or, or diminish his game in that regard, but I think because Drew is a little more sound in how he defends, um, he, he's more passive. He's more not sorry, such another word. He's more active in the passive lanes. Um, I think that's where you know he, he's going to serve to be his best. Um, I do think him and White are going to be very good on ball defenders. Once again, you know Derek White was a second team, you know all defense last season, so I think that, I think that we build off that with him. Uh, so, yeah, I, I do think in closing situations, which is something I think you and I love to talk about all the time, who's going to close, who's going to do this, who's going to do that. So uh, we're, we're going to be very excited to see Holiday and White out there at times, or if it's just Holiday or if it's just White at times uh, being that lead guard, you know, looking to shut down who's on the perimeter. So, yeah, um, yeah, I think there's – because the talk about defense seems to be different already, even in these press conferences so far – even what we saw, you know, um, even like a month ago going into uh, the season, you know, they they look like they're looking to put the emphasis back on the defensive side like they did two years ago. That seems what the in- players wanted, right? It seems uh, like yeah. it seems like the yeah. players wanted to do that because uh, uh, Joe came in and sort of started changing the emphasis to scoring. And when the scoring dried up, I mean, you know, you don't have as much fundamentally sound defense to fall back on. And I, it seems like the players themselves are the ones that want to want to play D, which is atypical of a basketball unit usually uh usually it's the coaches trying to whip whip them into shape and actually get them going right if you had to explain to somebody who never watched the celtics before what it is to have gotten drew holiday especially as how it worked out i mean it to me i'm kind of thinking of in my head as like almost a straight swap with marcus smart you know what i mean like it's basically i think an upgrade on just marcus smart himself um with with the addition of also Brogdon leaving, but I mean his health was in so, so much question already. I, I you know I don't even know what what impact that would have. But if you were to explain to somebody what kind of a player Drew Holiday is and who they're getting, um, in comparison to what they've watched before, uh, what would you say? So it's it's probably I would actually probably go really old school, and I know, and that's because of how my mind works. But um, there was a player that came long before you and I were, were born. Um, but he he actually uh, he was actually traded here after we got swept by Milwaukee, ironically. <laughs> um, and his name is Dennis Johnson. I I think that that's it could be that type of deal where we get a guy that's later in his career had already won a championship, um, 
but it helps us win two of the next three, right? And that's what happened with Dennis Johnson. And the reason why I say that, because a lot of fans that feel like up here that don't want to watch the new NBA, they'll gravitate to what they saw with Larry Bird and Mikhail and Parrish. Um, but even though that's something the team had already won, they needed somebody that was going to be that lead guard that could help Danny Ainge at that time be um, that good good of a backcourt at, at, at that time. Um, but if I'm going more modern day, I'm thinking, you know, yeah, I, I, I am I am going to comp- – Compared to comparing to Marcus Smart, right? I feel like he's, he's Marcus Smart, but with less, um, what's the word? Uh, I guess less ego, if you if you wanted to say. I feel like that. That's, yeah, that's I see the word. Saying. Less of an ego there, and I just think that he is more sound. Now there are some turnovers that's there. He can be turnover prone if, if we're going to be, you know, we, we want to make sure that we're giving, you know, biased um, or unbiased, uh, you know, um, commentary here, but yeah, other than that, yeah, I would say, like I said, old school com- com- uh, comparison, I would say he's more like a, he, he could be a Dennis Johnson and then just New Day, the guy he just replaced and, and, and Marcus Smart. Um, I feel like he's somewhere in between the two because Dennis Johnson was really good offensively, although he was he was a uh, a beast defensively. Um, I think he could, he's really in between those, those two type players. And if we get any of that <laughs> um, or, you know, more than that, um, then yeah, we should be very happy come come June. Well, it's just exciting to see, you know, we, we, we kind of don't know what we're going to get. You know, I think that's the exciting part. You know, it's it's for better or for worse, we're going to see a new look Celtics. And I think that was necessary. You know, obviously built around the same core that gets you there, but you need to change the pieces to get them to where they're going to be. For instance, I mean, Drew, Drew Holiday, the thing that I, I mean, you and I have talked about this many, many times when sort of lamenting the Celtics woes, uh, the things that they're not so good at especially in crunch time situations. We have a lot of really good spot up jump shooters, like a lot of guys that can shoot the ball that you would trust, like Al Horford, if he's wide open from three and he gets the ball and he's in his spot already, I'm happy to see him shoot the ball. Obviously his efficiency like took a fucking nosedive in the playoffs last year, but like whatever. Um, I still think he could be a threat there. You know, obviously Jason Tatum, obviously Jalen Brown, um, Chris Das Porzingis now, if he gets to his spot and you find him with a good look, he can hit a three. He can hit mid-range shots. The thing that Drew Holiday, in my opinion, brings, and this is the kind of guard I love to watch, is he can shoot off the dribble. He can shoot. He can catch and shoot. He doesn't need to. He can shoot. He can, his release is a little faster, I think, than than most other people's uh, on the team. And I think that he's going to be able to shoot kind of moving balls. You know what I mean? And and because I think movement has been an issue for us. Like when we start to sort of when when a Tatum play breaks down, everybody knows what this looks like. Every Celtics fan knows what this looks like. When it, when a Tatum playmaking situation breaks down it becomes like he's going to put up a dumb shot he's going to put up a low efficiency like you know mostly covered shot and i think if there's a guy coming around the corner at a million miles an hour ready to catch it and just go right up with it because he's bought himself a half a second around a screen the teams were doing that to us a shitload last year but we weren't doing it back to him you know and i think that the, and drew holiday did it to us last year in the playoffs a bunch of time. <laughs> so you know and i'm watching i'm just like oh god that guy's so good i love him but i you know i wish he was on our team and not their team and i think i think what you're getting then is a new dimension to the offense uh, a new a new thing um that being said the pick and roll, you know, we've been talking about what, what this team is going to look like if we if we actually affordably and, and effectively run the pick and roll with Chris Tepps, Porzingis and, and several other guys. Leads me to my next question for you. It seems a lot of talk, press conference, Brad given interviews. There's a lot of talk about Jason Tatum sort of transitioning into a new hybrid sort of point forward role. Maybe not that extreme, but he's going to be playmaking and running the offense more. Um, I think that him, like, obviously that's, Somebody's going to have to, right? Like we lost Marcus Smart. He was bringing the ball up for us. Like, I think this, the numbers are like 70% of the time or something like that. So yeah, Derek White, no problem. Absolutely no issue with him being our our guard. And and I want to get into talking about if he's going to be our starting guard, if it looks more like Drew will, and it's going to be Al out there to start and what our crunch time like lineups are going to look like. We'll talk about all that. But Tatum is the point forward. We'll just use that terminology for you know just for for ease of uh just for brevity even though it's not quite the same thing um as as what that that term means tatum is as a guy playmaking for us i have been advocating for for years i think he's like i think he's improved his playmaking i think that's there for the world to see i think there's some question marks about it in certain situations web decision making wise but i think reps at 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 bats is what gets you better at that. So if we right off the bat, just start to put the ball in his hands and have him look for guys or, you know, shoot when necessary, I think we could be really, really dangerous, you know, especially with the uh, uh, options he has around him. So 
Can you talk a little bit about what that looks like from your perspective? Um, it, you know, if you think that's a good idea or if you think it's going to be more like, let's get Derek White involved more, which I think will happen anyway, organically for his confidence, for everything. Like, should we start to see him like that? Yeah. I, I mean, I think for Derek White, I think I remember, remember last year, he started off extremely hot last year at the beginning of the year. And, you know, once again, I, I feel like I've, I've let I've on this show and just even on Twitter, I've let the Derek White band. Uh, Absolutely. Um, I, so I'm, I'm a big fan of his game. Um, I just think to me, you know, Derek White makes quick decisions that, that was to me, that was the calling card when he came over and that's what he's done exactly since, since he's been here. Um, so yeah, I, I expect more of that from him. Uh, far, far as Tatum goes, I think that, you know, we've, we've talked about it on the show at, at length about wanting Tatum to take over more of that playmaker responsibility. And yeah, I, I, I do think when you're six, nine, of course, you should be able to. You're going to look over the defense. You know, he, um, I hope that he watches some of the videos of Vince Carter because Vince Carter made is probably the best person that best person, uh, they call it a skip pass where you basically yeah. you're on one side of the yeah, yeah. We never do it. We never like, do it. Yeah. Vince, Vince Carter was the best I've ever seen. Because it opens up the entire defense. They can't get over fast enough. Yeah. Right. We that never do it. It's so strange. Yeah, so may, maybe this year it'll, it'll be different. The reason why I say that, and you know, we had talked about it when we when we prepped for the show. But you know, Drew Holiday last year was forty five percent on catch and shoot uh, threes, and I think that if he understands spacing, you know, if you, I think Tatum needs to operate more out the mid post, um, and I think that's where the playmaking stops because obviously teams are going to still run his own against us because we shoot a lot of threes. So if Tatum is operating in the mid post, I feel like whoever is whoever draws to Tatum. You're gonna have to build to the corner, and then that's where Holiday will be at. That's where you know um, Jalen Brown, yeah, Jalen Brown, those guys will Christoph be. So Porzingis, Porzingis, yeah, Porzingis that, yeah. and it's like that, sometimes, sometimes I forget. I'm like, damn, like they really, they really did yeah. get. It's, a, you know it's an embarrassment like, of riches. Be crazy at times when they do play the five out and they have Porzingis out there, but just from the tender standpoint to answer your question, I just feel like when he's gonna operate in the mid post, I feel like give him a few options where he's able to either shoot it right there for 15 feet, whether you see a, you see someone draw to him from the corner and then, you know, Holiday or somebody cuts in from, uh, you know, they call it the, the, the Princeton cut and someone gets a layup that way. So there's there's many options that could come from Tatum operating up the mid post. I just hope that they actually go to it um, because it's something I've said and we've said on the show, if you're able to score from every level, you, you're much more dangerous. So I will say that until the counts go, I, I, that's the point I will stand 10 toes down on. If you're able to score from every level, it makes you a lot more dangerous. So um, yeah. hopefully we'll see more of that this season. Yeah, I mean, just getting into talking about like the style of basketball that they're probably going to play because it is sort of speculative at this point. I mean, obviously, you know the games of the core guys and you watch them for long enough that you know what they're going to look like, but they should be adding stuff, I think, to their offense. And I think with... In an ideal world for me, we've talked about the pick and roll ad nauseum. I think like anybody, any two pair of the starting five can run the pick and roll with I, the exception of maybe Horford. I don't know if I would love to see him doing it. I think that he's, he's a pick and pop guy. Not, yeah, not I, w- I would like to see him maybe fade if like if we're in a situation like that. But I just I don't I also in the regular season don't want his body getting banged up and on screens and stuff like as much as and it's kind of same goes for Porzingis. I want to be able to do it, but I don't want to do it like all the fucking time. And I do think that we're going to play a lot of five out ball. Like you just mentioned the Mm -hmm. thing about the five out ball that worries me is I don't want them to get super static doing that. Like you still have to go find your outside spot by, Mm -hmm. by messing with the defense in the first 10 to 14 seconds and talking about showing guys tape of older players. Like I'm sure he's seen it, but I I would love to sit Jalen Brown down and run him through 200 hours of Ray Allen running baseline to baseline. You know, like just just corner to corner, just or not baseline to baseline, corner to corner, like from you know, go to his spot. The defense has to react because he's hit two from that spot already, and then he just gets he gets you lost in the sauce going underneath the basket, right? And Ray was an expert at that. Like he was just like still even even when he got older, and it's I mean it's why he ends up in the position he ends up in to take that step back uh, three point shot for the Heat is because he's always just moving in and around there and he just loses his man because the guy's like, shit, I like, I just bumped into the center. You know what I mean? Like, and if you do it the right time, you find yourself open in the corner. Right. And then Jalen has two options. If they're playing five out ball, you can shoot or you can go next man up, next man up, next man up. And it can end up back in the other corner. Potentially. If you, if you play that kind of Brad Stevens, like let's pass the ball incredibly quickly. Or like you just mentioned, the skip pass, send it right back over to the other corner 
with 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 aggression because I know Jalen could do that shit too. Oh, for um, sure. And if for there's sure. a tall guy standing there with his hand up in the air ready to get it, then bang, another wide open shot. Because I think that kind of basketball is about is about really high percentage looks. You know, like you're you're trying to get like, and you have so many shooters on this team. I'm just worried that we're gonna fall in love with it. You know, like and we we need to have yeah. a plan B. Mm-hmm. And if we did have a plan B, what would be your 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 ideal world of like, okay, the five outs not working, the shots are not falling. What do we do? I I know you you're gonna love my answer. I I'd pick a role where Prisingas to death. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you're like you you're not gonna stop Prisingas and Tatum. Yeah, you know, it doesn't yeah. even need to be all, with a guard. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> like like all all day and and, and all all day. The, the that middle pick and roll once again and once again we, we you know we're always gonna give credit to the players of the past. Watch, just watch tape of Stockton and Malone. Stockton and Malone, they, they, the best they, pick and roll they, ever they run in basketball. Question. They ran it every play, whether it was in the middle, whether it was on and the it left worked side, like every side. Time. They ran that play <laughs> every time, and you couldn't stop it. No, you like, so you would think two guys that are in the Hall of Fame, the guy that has the most assists all time, right? You would think, you know what? Let, let me see if I could just if I could run this play five or six times a game, right? And, you get the offense. Get the offense going. So yeah, I would love to see um, that. But once again, we're gonna have games where we get extremely hot, and it's gonna be five out because Porzingis is on fire. So, yeah, I mean, look, fire. if the shots are falling, it doesn't matter. Yeah, as as, yeah, that, that, that's gonna happen in some games, and you know, <laughs> I can't wait. Uh, to, <laughs> to that, but you know, I, I wanted. I don't want it to happen enough to, like you said, where they become so reliant that they don't go down to the post. Now, once again. Uh, Brad has talked about it. Joe has talked about it. Um, you know, because Porzingis has had a lot of uh, moments in the post the last few years, you know, they, they do want to get some post-ups for him down there. So I'm hoping that they actually implement that into the offense. But we didn't have anybody that could run a real post game before, you know, like right, exactly. I'm not saying he's going to be KG, but I mean, just a, a no. little playmaking from the post, like Al would kind of do it. But when you're asking him also to like run the floor and space the floor, yeah. it's like it's yeah. not really the same thing, you know, like you you can't have it be as effective. Also, Al's coming up against guys in the post, like Joel Embiid. It's like, well, what are we going to do? Like run a fucking post game through Al Horford right now. And we're that, playing against Joel Embiid. Like that's ridiculous. You know, well, speaking, speaking to him though, now that's delusional motherfucker. Jesus Christ. Oh, <laughs> it's like he hasn't man. been watching the news. And, to say, to say, <laughs> and once again, but, and I get like, what is he, what is he supposed to say? Yeah. The day I know, I know. And I get it, but it's just like, dude, like just say, Hey, on paper, yeah, it looks like it's better, but I can't wait to compete. And that, that'd, that'd be fine. Yeah. Can't wait to compete. Yeah. Once again, he's he's a bad man. <laughs> like, oh yeah, he's great. Like, he's not no scrub saying, you know, so I, I get it. So, but it's like, dude, like just you know, you show a couple of cheese. Yeah, but I mean, all this stuff that's about to go down with Harden, like you can just see how ugly it's about to. Oh go. yeah, it's Listen, like I'm, it's. I'm here. I'm here for it. I I, I can't wait. Um, <laughs> I can't. It's wait just. Me. I mean, it's like I I, I never down. really consider the 76ers like any sort of a threat, to be honest. Like in the modern era, yeah. and also in the previous eras, <laughs> like right. no. Um, I was like, you, you missed what I said, though. I was like, I can't wait to trade Al for him. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> I'm like, oh wait, no. I, listen, that, that's a joke. I, that, that's that's the pipe. That's not gonna happen. At this point, just at that point, just yeah. hand us the trophy. We don't have to play this. Oh, oh my god, yeah. That, <laughs> next next but, in the room. But, on that note, um, Porzingis uh, drawing out Embiid. Though I feel like when we're playing guys like him or Jokic or whatever, like because they're going to be guarding Porzingis, like you can't play center field against us, right? Like you did at times last year or or right. or so. I feel like now when Porzingis is drawing them out to, you know, 15, 18 feet, now Porzingis actually can pass really well from the post. So can Al. So when they're out there, um, they, there should be a lot of basket cuts. And they, yeah. they should – the Celtics should be top three in the league and points in the paint um, because of the fact that they can draw everybody out. Yeah, and, and also we're, incru- we're, we're, we're going to play games where we're longer than everybody at every single position, at, yeah. like at this point, with yeah. the exception of like a few centers. We're yeah, going to play Denver, Philly, Milwaukee. Yeah, but and- Denver, Philly, Milwaukee, we're still going to be longer than them, like one through three, at least, you know, like it's yes. still Derek okay. White versus like, like it's, it's, it's not like, like they were saying, okay, so I wanted to get into this. Like, basically we're going to talk about who has the best starting five now in the league. And I, I, in order to do that, I want you to name what you think is the Celtics starting five right now, because it could be Derek, Drew, Jalen, Jason, uh Porzingis or it could be Drew, Jalen, Jason, Porzingis, Horford. So which one do you think we're gonna like start to run with at least at the start of the season? I I, I want the first one. 
I do. Yeah, I want Derek White to start too. Yeah, I, I want the first one to like Horford could be off the situational bench. for crunch time, but yeah, to start. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get him on. Yeah, I think to start. Yeah, Horford should be off the bench. Um, I do know like against the Phillies and Denver's and the Walkers of the world, I'm pretty sure they'll go Porzingis Horford. Um, unless there's a back to back. Yeah. Do we know Horford won't play back-to-back games? That's fine. But that's a. But we know how to play the double big, though. We've been doing it with Robin. Right. But I, I, I think it's going to look even better now. I don't, I don't love. I don't love. And maybe maybe a little different because now both guys can actually shoot. You yeah. know, with Robin was limited because you know he can. You right. know he was defend. Um, but you know unless he was a threat at the rim, um, he, he wasn't going to be much of a threat else elsewhere. So, um, it is what it is. So maybe a little different that way. And I, I can't wait to Sunday to see that. But yeah. Um, I do think they'll I just feel like Joe will go with the comfort zone and, and do the double big um to, to start. But because you're trying to preserve uh those guys health wise, I just feel like though that lineup should be staggered. So I just feel like either Horford, or, I mean you're gonna start for Zangus anyway. So I just I think that, you know, um I think Horford should come off the bench, in my opinion. Um, but you know, it it, it is what it is. But yeah, it's so it should be so holiday, white, brown, Tatum, Porzingis. So that that's essentially the the other the other starting five. I think there's a big drop off after us in Milwaukee um, right now, roster wise. I'm oh yeah, for sure, for sure. For at least they're your top six. So you take that starting five. Let's let's go with the fact that we're there with the idea that that uh, Derek White's going to start. Now they're going to match up against a pretty intense uh, Milwaukee Bucks starting five. And correct me if I'm wrong here, because there is a couple of like maybe it's this guy, maybe it's this guy, but mm-hmm. it's probably going to be obviously Dame. At the yep. one, yep. Um, Grayson Allen at the two. No, he, he he was in the trade. Oh, he was in the trade. So who? Malik Beasley. Yep. Okay, so Malik Beasley, Chris Middleton, Giannis, and then Brooke Lopez. Yeah. So, I think, I I think that there's there's places they have advantages in in that matchup, and there's places that we do. I think specifically the wings, like Middleton and Malik Beasley, are going to get fucking murdered by Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. That's just like I just think that's. Yeah. A- well, Tim yeah. does good on us. I know he does, but like in a playoff situation, like that's how we win that that series, don't yeah. you think? He, he, but he he hasn't been what he's been the last year. No, no so, those injuries are starting to stack up. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's unfortunate. I think he's really talented, but it's just like, yeah, he's he's just not he's not where he needs to be. Which is why I think they went out and got Dame. They was like, Look, of course, second guy. And then once again, he's Rose is a very good three. He's a very good three guy. Yeah. Um, you know, which is which is fine, but I just think at this moment he he can't be the the closer that he was for them. You know, a couple of years ago when they got the championship. So no, for sure. And I, but I think that that Dame Giannis combination is going to be super fucking scary. Like we're talking about the sure. pick and roll uh, over in Boston, and I, I like they might be able to run an insane pick and roll because like Dame can do everything. The thing, like the yeah. like the thing that people don't realize about Dame, and I think that. I think that maybe it's it's a market issue uh, from where he's been playing. Like you haven't seen like a fuck ton of deep playoff runs from him. Like, you know, he hasn't like, you know, if you're a basketball fan, you know, what Dame Lillard is, you know what his game's all about. But like for the, for the people in the back, can you talk about what he's bringing to the table that obviously he's an upgrade on Drew Holiday. I'm happy, very, very happy to get Drew Holiday. Cause I think he's an upgrade on Marcus Smart. I think we have a better starting five than them overall still. Yeah. Um, I like, I, and I think that's the reason we became the favorites again, once we made the Drew Holiday trade, but mm-hmm. obviously Dame Lillard is, you know, one of the best point guards in the league, if not one of the best point guards to ever play the game of basketball. So this is a guy, in my opinion, who, you know, you're it, it, players like this are so rare. Like the the play can break down and he can still kill you. The He's clutch as fuck. Like he's incredibly, incredibly clutch, which I think that was missing. Uh, a good deal of that was missing from the Milwaukee Bucks because um, I, I think Giannis is great. But I think what happens to him is he's like had to do everything by the time that clutch time rolls around and he's just like exhausted. And I think that happened the year we went to the finals two years ago. I think that that's how we beat the Bucks is we got him tired. Um, and you could see it, you know, by the end of it. But with Dame out there, it's like he can always kill you. He can hit a buzzer beater it right in your face. Like no matter what's going on, if you got two guys on him, he can kill you. It like. he's the kind of he's the kind of guard that is almost he's more than a guard you know he's more he's just he's a player you know so he and he can he can be he can kill you from anywhere so what are we worried about now ray when when going to play the milwaukee bucks like how are they going to kill us and how are we going to kill them Dame game 60 yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's just like drew can guard him though drew can guard him sure i mean listen because um for those, you know, for those that want to watch, I mean, again, I know it was five years ago, um, but obviously Dame was in his prime. 
Um, watch the New Orleans Pelicans series against them in, in 2018, where Drew held his own against them, um, and they swept the Blazers. You know, sent them home in, in the first round. Um, you know, him, him and Rondo was a hell of a backcourt at that time. Um, you know, with, with, with AD and um and, and the crew over there. But yeah, um, with, with Dame, man, it's just the dude literally could pull up from half court, and it's a good shot. Like it's, it's it, we no longer look at his shot to say, damn, he pulled for forty five feet. Like that, that's a bad shot. There's not a he he is open from half court on down, like literally. Um, yeah. And I just think to me, you have to, you he, he extends your defense so much that you literally have to call all coverages long before he gets to half court because if not, he's gonna break it down. He doesn't even really need a full pick and roll. He just give you a little one two dribble you know do a sidestep like Tatum he's a smaller version of what Tatum is at, at that level um and that he if, if, if it's within five minutes or less in the game um I trust him to make play after play after play so you, you're you're just gonna have to meet him because he, he, he's he's going to deliver he's going to deliver he's never played with someone like this before so it's going to be easy for him it's gonna be and, fun to watch. I mean, yeah, it's gonna be neutral perspective. It's gonna be fun to watch. It's gonna be, easy. it's gonna be easy for him at times. Um, he's gonna say, "Man, I should love earlier." <laughs> and have plenty of times. He's like, "Damn, I should love earlier." Because I respected his loyalty uh, to be as for as long as it it did last. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I also respected getting two hundred mil a few times for him too. I respect. Yeah, I respect, I respect you yeah, getting so. your bag. I respect yeah. you loyally getting your bag. Um, do you think we're gonna finish above them in the regular season? No, but to me, I don't think it matters. I think we've been home court. The only time I say home court, like we've, I mean, we've seen Tatum go. I, I, I so where oh, we suck, a, we suck at home anyway in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, no facts. But I'm saying, but but also too, I've seen, I've seen enough of Tatum healthy that when it comes to an elimination game, whether it's on the road or home, he's he's gonna show up. I'm 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 not I'm not concerned about that. Um. My thing is, can they just defend enough? And once again, now you've got some new blood in here. Um, it's not the same team. It's not the same rhetoric that was being spewed. Um, so hopefully that's where the, the difference, uh, you know, occurs. But, yeah, I, I don't I, – to me, you're looking – with health, with all health, um, you know, with all, all health available, you're looking at the one and two seed, though, in the East. Um, Definitely. Like I said, you know, uh, I, I – Ironically, I still think Philly is three. I do. I do. I don't, I don't think that they're not Miami. Um, I mean, there's question marks over the kind of oh, unknown, oh, oh, the unknown oh, factors. Like, I in that, I, I'm, I'm saying, like, if, if Embiid plays the way that he can play, like he did last year, like, there's no reason for him not to be a top four seed. I just think um, that's a, I think that's a tough call because it's like right now you don't know how all the drama is about to unfold with Harden. What's going to happen there? You don't know what Miami's going to look like because all their guys are unknowns, but they could get three more guys that you've never heard of come out of nowhere and play really fucking well for the whole season. Like, right. that's just what they do down there. I mean, there. yeah, you got, you, got, you got Cleveland. That could be a top five seed. Yeah, you Cleveland, got... I mean, depending on how the, the kind of guys that make leaps in Cleveland, they've got a lot of talented players that I'm jealous of. Um, and they have our number in the regular season, too. It seems like that seemed like this. New York, case New, York New York got a number last year, too. New York, um, I'm not 100%. I'm not 100% in on their roster. I think that, like... I was talking just against us. Though. They oh, against like, us. Yeah, they had us yeah. for whatever fucking reason. We were just losing to these very specifically built teams. But I feel like New York, it's like... The, be careful what you listen to when you listen to what people talk about the New York Knicks because a lot of them might be New York Knicks fans and they're just, like, aggressively hyping up their team because they got one right. good player and, like, and that happens to them once every, like, 15 years and they're just like, yeah, my God, my God, this guy's going to be amazing. And he's a guard, so it's like I'm just not that... I'm not crazy, yeah. and he's like kind of a traditional guard, so I'm just not that worried about it, especially against the other the other heavy hitters in the East. Like they're gonna they're around a bunch of hatchet men now at this point. If they're in the West, I mean the West has gotten so much weaker over the last few years, and like I mean I'd say it's still probably Denver. Are like, would you say they're still in your head the scariest team out of the West? They have to be, right? I mean, oh Denver, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I just mean no, matchup. I mean matchup wise for us, like. And so Yoki says, I want to live in Serbia on a farm. and just, Yeah, which might happen because he does not happen. Here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right, but he, he, he and, and so he says, oh, yeah. I don't play no more. Like, he, he's going to dominate. Yeah, because they walked it. Like, they walked the championship last year. Yeah, with, Mar with Murray, Paul Murray's healthy. Um, I love Michael Porter Jr. I think he's, 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 he's really good. He's really good. But who so, challenges them in the West now? The Lakers? 
They, I mean, they can if they're healthy. If they stay healthy. healthy. They're so old yeah, now, though. If they're healthy, yeah. Um, you know, you, you Austin got Reeves. I mean, that's a good. That's a good. You know. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. I, I, I mean, if, if, honestly, and, and I know we said we've been saying this the last four years, but if if the Clippers are healthy coming to the playoffs, that that that's a team that can challenge. Um, because I must we again, say I, that every year. <laughs> we say it every year, but I, 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 I trust. We think I, Russell I, Westbrook's going to be the I, fucking I trust, the difference I maker. Why? I trust Kawhi in the playoffs if if he's healthy to say okay, let me remind you that I'm still that guy, um, in in that moment once again if if, if healthy, um, what about Paul Phoenix? Super so talented. So Phoenix, 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 oh, forgot about that Phoenix as well. Um, I'm excited Golden to see what going to stay. You know, I don't, yeah, yeah. So Phoenix, Phoenix going to stay. Dallas, you know, those, you know, those are all in, in in the mix there. Dallas, uh, I still think has weaknesses in their roster that's going to show up, and it's going to be disappointing to yeah. watch watch Luca have to try to do fucking everything again. I because the, th- the here's the thing that the way that like we're talking about the West and it's sort of starting to crystallize for me. It's like it's boomer bust in the West, right? Like they could be, they could be really bad. Like the Western Conference could be really really bad this year if like none of those teams because it's it's all like on the in the East you got two you got the Celtics and the and the and the and the Bucks right like they're gonna be good. It's whatever happens, they're going to be degrees of good. It's just a matter of like what those degrees are. And then you have that tier two where it's like, like you said, you still have Joel Embiid, uh, who's the best, who's easily the best uh, uh, five in in the Eastern Conference, just like dominating all those matchups. Right. And then you have that is also true of Denver on the on, in the West, but everyone else that you just talked about, there was some sort of if this happens, then this will happen. If this happens, then this will happen. If the you know. If they stay healthy, if this guy comes through, you know, if LeBron and AD stay healthy, if Kawhi and and PG stay healthy, if right. and if Russell Westbrook doesn't put up seventeen fucking the most inefficient scoring game you've ever seen in your life, other than maybe a Marcus Smart on a bad day, he he, he, he figured it out for them though. He, he was a lot better for the Clippers than he was with the Lakers. So I think um, he's he's finally accepted his role, which is you know right, something. But that, that but that, but that's happen. also scary because there's no one that plays harder than him. So right. Um, he was the reason why they was even in that that Phoenix series last year. Yeah. Um. He 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 made the plays on defense. I was like, wow. I'm like, okay. So he's still showing that I, I can still do this at a high level, and just it just won't be in every night. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for that, sure. I mean, yeah. That I and I think they also fucking waxed us last year. Uh, when we went down to when we went to LA, I went to that game. It was fucking depressing, and it was because it was like one of the few games where all their guys played. Right. Yep. And they're like, oh, look, we can like really play tonight. Like, let's get let's get after it. So they are scary. But again, saying, yeah. it's a lot of like if this, then that. But I mean, that's true of us, too. Like Christos Porzingis, there's there's health concerns. I mean, you guys have brought up the, the very good point that he has played more games than maybe you thought, but just in a market where his like name wasn't getting mentioned. So, you know, you 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 know, he played 60 or 58 games or something. Yeah. Last year, I think. Oh, so can, can I can I address that? Because this is Please. this is not this is this is too uh those that have been getting at me and talking. I mean, knock me. on wood, knock on wood, obviously. Yeah, well, yeah. Knock, anybody knock can, anybody can get hurt, you know, it's like. Yeah, anybody can get hurt, but I'm just, just you know. Uh, no, please, the floor is yours. So, so the last three years, so 43, 51, 65. So um, for those who don't know, I, I te- I'm a math teacher when I'm not doing this here. Um, but simple math, right? 43, 51, 65. Hmm, that's an increase of 22 games, right? Um, so he's played more games each year the last three years. The guy that got shipped out to Portland, meaning Rob, once again, we love Rob. Rob 12, played 30, 11. <laughs> played 35 games last year. Ugh, that's that's 30, 30 more games for a guy that's super injury prone. And Porzingis has played 70 games twice, 60 games, I think, twice as well. So... It's, once again, we're people are building the narrative because they want to cope with us getting a guy like Perlingas and getting a guy like Drew. And I say, <laughs> sit back and watch the greatness unfold because you're going to be really upset when your team wins 65 games this year. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm very bullish. I know we we joked about the 82 no, but I think the team wins 60. Or well, more I games. mean, listen, man, I, um, I I have to have to I have to agree with you because to me, here's what I think we do in Boston. And I think I have a little bit of a unique perspective on this because I'm not a fan of your New England Patriots. The the thing that Boston fans do is they they sort of conflate their sports in a way that we that maybe other fan bases do, maybe other don't. I just have firsthand experience of, of of the Boston fan base where they say things like, "You're losing Marcus Smart. That's so much leadership to give up." 
the intangibles, da da da. Now, while that's true, what you have to remember about basketball is it's not football. It's the goal of basketball is to get the best five players that you can possibly get on the court, talent wise. The game, as the great Bill Russell said in those Uncle Drew commercials, the game is and always has been about buckets. It's about scoring more than your opponent. Like, if you have the best guy on the floor for a, for a playoff series, good chance you win that playoff series, right? Yep. Like, good fucking chance you win the playoff series if a, if a guy is just absolutely showing out, right? You can, in, in the modern basketball era, you've proven that you don't even need a big three anymore. You can go get a big two. You can go get the two best guys and put them on the floor together and that complement each other well, sure, but really they just need to be the best guys on the floor. They'll figure it out from there. Their games will do the talking from there. It's it's not some, there's some complicated aspects to basketball and building a basketball team, but it's not quite as complicated as putting together a full football squad, you know, because realistically, only five guys are out there at any given time. And they just yep. need to be scoring and stopping the other team from scoring. And the second one isn't even really that important, if we're yep. being honest. Like yep. if we're being yep. if we're being 100 percent honest, it's about getting your shots to fall. So it's percentages and probabilities. And that is spoken to by talent. So what did we do? We got rid of Marcus Smart. We got Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday is better than Marcus Smart. He's a better basketball player. He's more efficient. He's he's his scoring is a lot less frustrating to watch, I promise. And his defense, if we're being honest, is comparable. I, I wouldn't say it's better but it's comparable it's different but the level can be hit the same especially running an elite system defense like we do in boston a lot of the time game five last year yes okay exactly Exactly. going up and and who who jumped up and 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 exactly exactly my point true holiday yeah so and then and then they got the free came back with a chance to tie it and he was he, he ripped it out of Marcus Smart and they get to end the game. That's there <laughs> that, it is. That's we'll a get that guy. of what we were seeing. Yeah, like, it's like oh, that literally the changing of the guards. Literally, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I see what literally. you mean. Wow, amazing. Um, we have some more stuff to talk about. That would have been a great thing to end on, but we got we got some more things we have to visit. Um, point point being, I just need to tell the Celtics fan base something. If you if you didn't already know, if you didn't already know, you might have, but. Derek White, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Chris S. Porzingis, uh, and Drew Holiday. That as a five is the best starting five you've seen since the 2008 final series. That's that's the best starting five you've seen. It just is, right? So if you don't know, now you know. All right. Like I you can you can lament the days of of uh you know Isaiah and how fun it was to watch that that wizard series you can lament the days of oh what 2010 you know we if if kg didn't get hurt you can do that all you want i'm telling you right now this is the best starting five we've had since we were fucking in high school all right and if they go winning championship i'm gonna say it's a better team i'm just warning you right now i'm gonna i'm gonna fucking tell you that it's an on paper better team if we go win a championship fortunately you can't say that until they go get a ring obviously but um I'm I'm right there. I'm primed. I'm primed to start saying it. So it's it is right there. So on paper, we're doing great. Unfortunately, there are some question marks about the depth. So you've put that in the agenda today, and it is something I've wanted to talk about. We're gonna need to go get another big man. I mean, we are woefully we were all we were already in need of another power forward, in my opinion, to replace Grant Williams. As much as I think he was more a net negative, we needed to replace his his minutes, and we hadn't done that yet. And we have also lost Rob Williams now. So, and turned him into a guard, basically. So we need two more guys, I think, it, that mm-hmm. that are over six foot ten and yeah. or at least can play like it. Um, so what do you think we're gonna do there? Do you think that there's uh like Wenyan Gabriel? I, I think you brought up like there, there's there's things that we can you actually to to your credit, you brought him up over the summer. I think we had talked about I, th- I mean, if if what they're saying is true, if the training camp reports yeah. are true, then he might actually be able to rim protect. So I, you know, yeah. I mean, he he played he so he played well in the FIBA championships, um, yeah. over the, which I think got him some eyes, you know, from yeah, yeah, yeah. had a chance for, had had a chance to work him out. Um, pretty so, fun basketball to watch, isn't it? Like it's kind of like it's very different. I, I enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah. Big time. Um, and I guess he's from the area too. Or I guess he's from New Hampshire or whatever. He played in New Hampshire. Um, so I guess oh, I love that. I didn't know that. 
Yeah, no, I, 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 I trust me. I've been listening. I've been watching a, an un, like a crazy amount of, like unhealthy amount of tape. Of <laughs> I love it. Um, please, dude, please, so, let's uh, hear uh, the scouting report. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's pathetic, but, <laughs> but, um, but no. So you talked about about. I feel like just watching his tape, like he, he can do enough of what Rob did last year. Um, once again, Rob is a freak athlete, so you're not gonna get the um the you know the rim threat that he was like that that's just, that's rare um that's what made rob special um but the hustle is the same and the rebounding is about the same you know per 36 um and i know that's the analytic stat but i mean that's you know he, he was off the bench so you have you have to use those type of stats sure. um but yeah he 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 is someone that could give you you know 40 to 50 games hopefully if not more um he, he is six nine so he's not six eleven seven feet i know um you know, some people were trying to put that other. Like, no, he's six nine. Like, that's but that's, Rob that's, was six nine. Yeah, Rob was six nine exactly. So he I just think, think, but he was. I, yeah, I think Gabriel can be that. Um, personally, I think we talked about this over the summer, but it's relevant to this conversation. Go, go get Dwight Howard. Go get him. I would I, love I, that. I would I think, absolutely I think love that. Would be, would be perfect here. Um, I would love it. That would be great. Yeah, I think he's gonna go to state too and so get Blake I, Griffin back, and then like look at the veteran presence we have on the team. You know, yeah, like, yeah, and those I, are the I, kind of guys I'm you want around. Here. I'm here for. It. I, I would love for them to get Blake back. But yeah, if you could give, if you bring back Blake, I'm here for it. If you if you bring Dwight Howard in, let's get all the guys that were good in my favorite ever era of basketball. Yeah, <laughs> Put yeah, them on the fucking yeah. Celtics. But the thing about Dwight Howard, like Dwight Howard, um, can do everything Rob did. And I mean, now he's older, obviously, but. You know, Dwight Howard is still really athletic. Um, yeah. you know, he's 37 years old. And once again, he he knows his role now. And yeah, but you're right, yeah, you're asking for 12 minutes from him. Right. You know? Exactly. And what the, the the best thing about Dwight Howard at this stage, he's gonna stay in shape. It's not like he's gonna be out of shape. Like him and Al are he, he does look kind of weird <laughs> compared yeah, to yeah. I mean, old Dwight Howard. He kind of looks like he got more, sick. More 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 muscle bound on top for sure. But I, I do think that he is someone that um would, would be an excellent fit here if that was the case. Um, I do think Willie Colley Stein is also available, if I'm not mistaken. So um he's he's got Willie Colley Stein seven one. Um so you know, if you want to get that um out here as 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 well. Um, you know, but it, I just I love the idea of Dwight Howard because it's like, yeah, okay, he's not he's never he's not like the kind of guy that you immediately think of as like the kind of veteran leader that you would want to bring in, but just the idea of a kind of a a, a consortium of players that we're, we're from that era. Like if it was like him, Blake, Al Horford, Sam Cassell, you know, like guys just sitting around, like knowing what it is to play at an elite level and, 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 and be one of the best of their position. You know, those are guys that were all at one point, one, you know, close to one of the better players in their position. If not like, I mean, Dwight Howard was the best center in the league for three years, at least. Right. So at least, yeah. at least. so, I mean, it, the game kind of passed him by and he had to change his game around. And obviously he lost, lost a, a, a little bit of athleticism. He's still athletic though. Like you said, I like the idea of it. I, I like the idea of making the bench guys that can contribute, but also a bench that you like looking at and going like, yeah, they're saying the right shit. Like they're saying the right things. There's no Grant Williams being like, all right, gather around everybody. Like, let me tell you about how we're going to win this game and fucking Marcus smart rolling his eyes at him. You know what I mean? Like you watch that and it's just not good. It's not good optics. For for like team chemistry, you know, and <clears throat> I don't know if you saw there was a video trending because uh, Grant Williams on his new team in practice tried to go for an alley oop and like fucked it up, and they were uh, yeah, they're yeah. they're putting it next to uh, a video of Tatum like dunked in one of the playoff games last year, and Grant was like calm for an alley oop, and they were like, how come you didn't throw him the oop? And he was like. Like, <laughs> I'm not throwing Grant Williams a fucking alley oop, dude. I'm not he, doing that. He said, he said maybe if we practice it, but he was like, he's like, I'm never throwing no. That. So, no, yeah. and he, he went up and like yammed it in Grant's face too. <laughs> so it was like, okay, and, cool. And, 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 and watch the tape closely; you can see Grant saying, "Oh wow!" <laughs> but that's the thing. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, Grant, all the best to him. I, he's, you know, he's off to greener pastures. Uh, maybe not greener, considering we kind of have the corner of the market on that. But I, he's off to to uh, better lands where I don't have to fucking hate him week to week. I have to say, like, the thing about him that annoyed me was, like, less the the fact that he was, like, closer to Draymond Green in, like, the quadruple zero or quadruple fucking zero games that he was in, like, you know, really impactful minutes when people were making those comparisons. But really, it's this thing of, like, it was really highlighting to me that nobody wanted to step up and be a leader when it was Grant Williams, like, oh, fucking 
flapping his fucking gums in the in the huddles when we were losing games like everybody else had their heads down and they were fucking quiet and it's annoying it was really really annoying and it's like grant sort of became the lightning rod for that but really that wasn't his fault like he's trying to do his best to galvanize yep. the team and that, it just and would annoy me that it was him you know? yep that's why i backed um, off and said wait a minute he the fact that he's the only one showing fight like this and yeah it's, just, it's it's a bigger problem for the rest of the yeah, team that's that's, that's 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 ridiculous and i'm just so. hoping that with mark is gone I mean, you know yourself, like everybody's been in this situation where it's like you like and respect this person. Like you have you've had a Marcus Smart in your life at your job, like in, you know, in your friend group, whatever it is, like you like and respect the person, but you don't necessarily think that they should be the leader of whatever's happening. And that but it's like you can't take it from them because you can't you can't really like articulate a reason why. It's just you feel like you would do a better job. So you have to wait for an opportunity for that to really come come full circle. And it just would have caused problems if if Tatum and Brown were like, all right, Marcus, shut the fuck up. Like, we're doing this now. Like, it just, it wouldn't have been good. I'm still, especially with Jalen. Yeah, because you remember him Tatum, and Jalen. Tatum's even more reserved, but. Right. Jay but you know him like, and Jalen were fucking about to yeah. come to blows at one point in the locker room. Yeah. That, like, that story leaked, right? So, obviously, Marcus wasn't letting that go. Like, he wasn't letting go of the reins on that one, right? So, it needed to sort of happen organically. And I'm just hoping now that these guys do really step up and start to lead the team. But I like to, to bring the point full circle to your point, a Dwight Howard and Al Horford, uh, a Sam Cassell. Like I love the coaching additions. Like I really, really love it. Who's the, who's who, we, we brought in Sam Cassell and Charlie's the coach. O'Shea yeah. Brissett. I, I just love that. I love the coaching room and I think it's going to make me hate Joe Missoula a lot less um, because I think that he's going to be getting better advice or any advice at all. I mean, he didn't have anybody. He was really, his ass so, was hanging out in the wind, you know? Yeah. But honestly, I don't, I mean, so take a listen to his, he just did a show with JJ Redding on old man. The I heard it. And then even his interview. So he seems way more relaxed right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, that might be what we needed. Like, and, and he talked about, he was like, look, and he was like, man, he's like, I had a lot of things on my mind. And you could tell that he was thinking like, it was I like, I think he, he had to do too much. I think he was given he, too much responsibility. He knew, he knew, I think he knew what he wanted and had to do, but because everything was moving a, a, like a million miles, minute, an hour, yeah. it was like, okay, will it ever slow down? So it looks like in this off season with him talking to Cristel, talking to Lee, talking to Brad, talking to, to Mike Zan and the rest of Celtics um, ownership, it's, it's slowed down. He seems more comfortable. He seems more open. Um, and I'm just like, well, hmm, if that's the case, look, look out. Because if he if he if he's comfortable in his role and he and he's hearing and he's getting advice from um from 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 Cassell and from Lee and the, and the rest of that crew, um, yeah, this 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 may be because once again, despite all that happened, they still won seven more games last year than they did with Eatman. <laughs> you know, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So it's yeah. just like that to me, you know. But now, once I just want, I just wonder what like that full. Just, just call a timeout, though. That's all we want. Just call a timeout. Yeah, just, just call, call the time time out, Just call the timeout. The problem yeah. is too, and you know, this is like obviously at a point that's been beat to death. And I do want to stay positive, and I do want to clean slate it with Joe coming into the year because I think he deserves that. I think that yeah. like. I think the players seem to have his back. I think that the fact that he has a coaching staff um, that's competent now and or exist and like can open their mouths now. And like, I wanted Sam Cassell in, uh, as our head coach, but I'm happy to have him just in the room. Like, I right. want him there. Um, and actually there's upsides to him being the assistant coach based on what my understanding of the basketball assistant coaches role is, because if he's freed up, to not have to essentially like manage the game to like, to not be like worried about, like you said, like when to call timeouts, like the momentum of the game, whatever he's freed up to, to recognize matchups that are favorable for our team and, and one-on-one man-to-man coach the players, right? Like that's what I want to see Sam Cassell doing. I want to see a shot of the sidelines where he's sitting next to a different guy every time, like it's, it's cut over to him. And then you, you watch that guy, and Sam Cassell has a great basketball mind. Like he just does. Like I saw him do exactly what I'm talking about. I saw him do when he was one of our guys in a suit, uh, one of our players in a suit in 08. He would say some shit to somebody and you'd watch them be like, oh, okay. And then they would go out and then they would get somebody. Like they would take somebody one-on-one and they would get him. And it's like, ooh, I think Sam Cassell came up with that. This is why our fan base loves him. He didn't fucking play any minutes in the playoffs in 08. Like the reason right. that our fan base loves him is because we all watched him do that. We all watched it. And then the, the players would come out and say that, that this is what he was doing. He's gotten even better as a coach, I would imagine. And right. that kind of, and that kind, and he can do the same thing for Ime. I'm just for Ime. Wow, Freudian slip. He can do the same thing for for Joe Missoula, you know. Yep. Um, 
I mean, yeah, you said he, we won seven more games. I, I just wonder how many more games we would have won if he may had that full season playing the basketball. Oh, no, I mean, if, I, mean <laughs> I probably would have been in, in, the, in the low 60s to mid-60s. But yeah. what I want what I want to add on to, to that point you just made, um, you know, and it, it really – it didn't dawn on me until the hirings happened and obviously now with the Drew Holiday trade. Yeah. We really didn't have anybody at the player level or the coach level that had won a championship. Right. Right. That, that so when when you're literally it's all it's, it's damn near the blind leading the blind almost, even though they had been to a final. It's, it's all theory. It's all theory. Yeah. You can only take theory so far. You need somebody right. to take exactly. Yeah. So now so now you got guys that have actually proven the theory, right? Mm-hmm. And it's proven to be true. Um, mm-hmm. as someone that's gonna be on the floor, someone that's a three-time champion can sell. Sometimes that was Charles Lee was a champ there with uh with Drew Holiday because he was there on the roster with them a few years ago. So they're gonna have plenty of stories, they're gonna have plenty of scenarios they can go through, what coverages to go through, yeah. Um, what what to go through in this scenario. And once again, that's what Drew Holiday talked about at the presser today. He was like, Look, he was just to tell them, hey, it, it, it's it's not this this is it's not easy to get over that hump, but you know, I, I hope I hope to offer some assistance as to what they need to do, you know, to, to to get there. So that that to me, you know, because we were so, you know, we were so frustrated with how things had been the last few years, it really it really hit me. I'm like, damn, we haven't had someone on the roster as a player that won actually since Aaron Baines. Aaron Baines won with San Antonio. Yeah, um, but you know, everybody loved it. Actually, I I take him back too if he's healthy. I, I would he, definitely take him back or or Tice. I would take so, Tice in a second. That to me, Excuse me, um, because you know he 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 you know the city embraced him right away too. But I I just feel like that's that's something to me that wasn't stated enough that having someone there that won a championship, um, and then wants to also give that information back. Because sometimes you have players that want it but don't want to give it back. But to have players that or have a player that won, have coaches that won, um, giving that advice and giving um their perspective on things is huge. Um, so ho- hopefully that pays dividends this season and, and beyond. You know what I really like to know too, and I, you know, it's just because to your point, it's like I don't necessarily want the Sam Cassells of the world giving speeches to rouse the team. I want the Sam Cassells of the world to recognize the situation, get in Jason Tatum's ear in a certain in a certain context, and go like, "Yo, this is you. Go lead. Like, get in there and go say some shit." Like this is this is this is one of those moments, right? Like that's what he should be there doing, as opposed to getting in there and giving fucking Coach Carter speeches or whatever. You know, like it's, it's it's the little things. Yeah, exactly. It's just it's the little things. It's like you you saw what we didn't have was the nuances in the coaching room, like the little things that you can see the Emo Dokas of the world had. You know, b- before all that shit went down, that that the Greg Popoviches had. You know, when when Minyama was like. Pop finally yelled at me. I feel like I'm in the club now. You know, like Pop fucking yelled it. And it's like, yeah, because he can. Because he can yell at fucking anybody. Because he's like the fucking best coach ever. So it's like, it, it that doesn't necessarily have to be your coaching style. But it's the little things. It really is. Like so much. It's so, we say it all the time. It's such a cliche. But so much has to go right for you to win a championship. Winning a championship is fucking hard. It is fucking hard. So I want someone in there with a kind of attention to detail that Ray Allen had about like what time he was getting to the fucking gym. You know what I mean? Like this is like, I want to know what fucking music they're listening to in the locker room, because if they were had, if they had fucking dancing queen playing in the locker room last season, that's a problem. You know, I want fucking, I can tell you, I can tell you it's not. (laughs) Okay, great. I mean, it's like, I like, it's like, let's start with easy and just get more hardcore from there. Like I want everybody to have the fucking mentality of like, we're here. Like, this is us. Like, we're coming for everybody. Like, I want, it's, it's, I think in the past, it's been like, ah, oh, we just need to make a couple of adjustments. Like, we were so close to winning it in the finals. Like, oh, we just need to do this little thing differently. It's like, fuck that. One game at a time, one basket at a time. We come for everybody. Don't let, like, everybody have your fucking bros back. Don't let anybody fucking come to your house and fuck you up like we did a couple of times, uh, a couple too, too, too many times last season. Like, defend your house. Like, do your best on the fucking road, like try your heart out, but it's going to be hard. Like there's good. There's some, I looked at the schedule. There's already some fucking gnarly West coast trips in there that, that, that those trips need to, yeah, like, I, I, I trust them on the road. I just don't, I do, I do too. No, I, I genuinely do too. We had a really bad run last year where that was like very, very annoying to me because I paid money to go to one of the games, but the, uh, the, 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 the home, the home stand needs to get better. Um, and it needs to get better in the regular season so that we can see it, uh, pan out in the, in the playoffs because, you know, the fact that we were all more confident in 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 
a game for like we're gonna get one of these games on the road don't worry about it and then we would come back to the garden and we'd be like i don't know man <laughs> you know like that happened like every yeah, season. I, mean, I mean that that's and that, that's crazy to say but that's, that's criminal that, though that's criminal like that can't be the case and the problem is i think really honestly i know this sounds like i'm guessing here but i did watch the games and you were there it just to me it felt like when the crowd got on their back they didn't have they weren't man enough to fucking handle it like a boston crowd is that's you know those fucking slash you up like you're getting fucked up by them if they're not happy with you and you need to have the fucking shoulders broad enough to fucking stand it but it used to make them kind of shrink and they need to figure that fucking out because that crowd's not going anywhere you know yep. i mean tell me if i'm wrong you were standing there no, no, you're not, so game, game seven was a perfect example like i remember like at the, like halftime like they, they were getting rocked yeah and i mean it, it was it was it was crazy in there um like fans was just you know from the f-bombs to you know break the whole fucking team up y'all fucking suck you're trash or this i mean you you name it um calling everything but the name it was like a, nothing nothing no, no racial stars but it was it was just it was it, I, I almost i, I almost would have felt better if they used racial stars like that's how i feel like in the i mean tell me if this is true in the modern, in modern game like you're getting fucking chucked out for life if you do that right now right like you're gonna get found and, and you're never coming back to the fucking team yeah, when, when, um, <laughs> Yeah, when um when Brooklyn came back, I was they had me behind um this was this was before Kyrie got traded to Dallas, um and we we smoked them that night. But I was sitting behind the bench of uh, Brooklyn's bench, and um I figured what the guy said to to the to the Brooklyn bench, but yeah, he's he's no longer allowed at, at, at TD. Why uh, would you risk a lifetime ban from your teams? Like forget the just oh, like don't yeah. be I mean, fucking racist yeah. asshole thing, but like yeah. And I looked at about. I said, dude. I said, I said, what was the point? I said, I said, we're up, we're up thirty right now. I said we've already beaten them in the playoff series. Like why, why, why would we so so concerned about about that? But I don't know. I think some people, some people just can't let the shit go. Um, yeah. You would have thought you would have thought Kyrie shot their dog. Like it's it's insane. <laughs> It's you're not wrong you're not wrong i mean yeah. it's like i think yeah. it's i think it's a problem in the whole it's still a problem in the entire league you know it's like yeah. we get we I get mean, shit yeah. for it but but even even when i went to games in miami like i i just never their biggest issue was that fans were so super late i know those <laughs> that are listening to this you you know it's not true because I, I you know um there's a lot more traffic on biscayne boulevard than there is causeway street and i get it um but yeah they would just show up late and you know um there's like, there's like a nightclub in the in the arena, so it's crazy. Um, so there's a lot going on that has nothing to do with basketball. So yeah. So, All right. And- well, we're at that time again, sir. Uh, unfortunately, Bobby's kids got sick, so we can't get him on record for for this prediction. But here's our real. It's probably our last show before we actually uh, tip off the the regular NBA season. So we've predicted a lot about the Celtics. We've speculated a lot. Um, I'd like to know how many games you think we're gonna win. Yeah, so I'm I'm gonna go with 65 and 17. Wow, that would be really great. Yeah, I think that puts us as number one in the East, though. And I think you were saying, oh yeah, lot. I mean, I, I mean, unless 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 Dame and and Giannis say we want 70 wins, <laughs> um, which I mean is is feasible with with them two at, at the helm. Um, yeah, I mean, great. If they get the one seed, great. Once again, Joe Mazzulla talked about that. He was like, he was like, imagine if we were the one seed and lost in Milwaukee in the first round. I mean, yeah. somebody in the first round. Yeah. He was like, he's like, I'm not, I'm not here having this conversation with you. And I'm yeah. like, you know what? He's aware. I'm glad that he knows that because yeah. we, we, we would have been at TD Garden with the fucking pitchfork saying, hey, my brother in Christ, you got to go. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, no, so no, 65 and 17, you know, you, you get the one seed and we're going to restore order in TD Garden. And when people come into that building, they know what you're going to do. There's hell to pay. It is going to be about those home stands. That was a very rational and uh, an informed prediction. And I'd like to do the same thing. Uh, I'd like to really not make this ridiculous because I'd like to stay right online with that sort of reserved and, and but, you know, well-informed and, and an optimistic prediction. Um, we're going 82 and 0 and I'm not going to hear anything else about it. Uh, that's my official prediction. 82 and 0. <laughs> this is the 82 and 0 uh, podcast <laughs> now until such time as we lose the game. Um, knock on wood I hope everybody stays healthy I hope everybody listening to this stays healthy Um, and Ray thank you so much for coming on and we did this shit again and we'll see you in a few weeks peace
Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Hey, it's Tim from 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys, the comedy podcast you had no idea you needed. Join Ben, Jeff, and me as we continue our musical road trip back through the years and around the globe. See, just when you thought all white guys were like Joe Rogan, you come across three educators trying to remember when we were cool. 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys. Electric acid. Electric acid.